Welcome to Married to Who, a Doctor Who podcast where, what do I, I threw in the word Doctor Who in there and it totally threw me off. Welcome this Married is like the 2020 opening of Married <laughs> to Who. It's so funny, you guys. <laughs> I know. I'm still blind from my amazing performance. Like, what is happening? <laughs> no one was listening. I'm so confused. <laughs> We're all in shambles. <laughs> Welcome to Married to Who, a Doctor Who podcast where a couple of couples watch Doctor Who for the very first time. My name's Jake. With me are Alex, Jill, producer Terry, Sam, and that's it. No Cody this week. He might pop in at the end here, but uh, he's not here right now. This week we're here to talk about the Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion, written by Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat, directed by Daniel Netheim. Aired October 31st and November 7th, 2015. Jill. Yes. Uh, what'd you think of this one? Alex might be surprised by this because we watched it together and I said numerous times that I was bored and wanted to do something else. Mm-hmm. But I did really like it. <laughs> she she, she did say those solid. words. I did many times. All right. Well, we got you, Alex. What did you think? I enjoyed it. I, I love Osgood. I, I love the just kind of the overall story of, of this story and kind of <laughs> how it was put together is nice. The story of the story. Well, I was going to say episode, but it's it's over both of them. So the story. <laughs> Uncle Terry. <laughs> I actually really like this one. Um Hold on. Does Terry say actually before every single one? Because I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> says actually before every single sentence. One of my favorite things <laughs> is when people say actually before their opinion. Oh, I man. Think it's hilarious. You would have killed yourself working at the credit union I worked at because everyone I worked with said it at the beginning and end of every sentence. <laughs> and Jake actually killed himself. <laughs> yep. Actually. I'm a ghost. <laughs> Terry, what do you think? I liked it. <laughs> no bully, guys. Terry's fantastic. No, I really like it. I think it's funny. Actually, I actually like when people say oh, actually. Because <laughs> okay. well, like sometimes I'll say I'll like it, but then later on I realize, God, that was just so boring. But like, no, I actually <laughs> did like this one. Don't lie to the podcast, Terry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's it's retrospect. It's not lying. <laughs> Sam, what'd you think? I liked it. Solid. Question mark. I I was in the middle of my second watch through. I watched the whole first episode again, and I watched half the second episode. I didn't get to finish it, but oh well, Jake. What did you think of this? Oh yeah, it's uh it's one of the better written and directed episodes ever. It's also one of the better acted episodes ever. So I don't know. Those are like the three main things. So I guess it's pretty good. <laughs> I love Osgood, and I want to keep her forever. Yes. Osgood is good. I'm really mad she didn't come with. She's busy. How stupid. 
we get, uh, as we mentioned last week, it's like a direct sequel to the 50th anniversary special. In that story, the Zygon part of it wasn't really what the story was about. So it's kind of in the background. And then this brings that part of that story to the fore and essentially tells a story about Muslims living in Europe. I didn't know that that was... What what happened? Explain. What, what was that? So it's a, the story is an allegory for Muslims living in the Western world after terrorist attacks. Oh, oh. You said you said in well, I guess is it weird I don't include like UK as Western world? Yep, that's weird. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. You guys, this Ooh, is the smartest sexy. podcast ever created. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, is Osgood a Zygon or a human? Both. She's Osgood. Yeah. Okay, but what Osgood. do you really think she is? Both. I so my personal thought of that, like I I do believe they're both, and I really like sticking to that. But she Same. only used her inhaler twice, and I think if it was actually human Osgood, it, it would have been a lot more. I. You didn't see it all the times. That's a good explanation, but I feel like it's human Osgood. I had a reason, but I don't remember what it was. So there you go. <laughs> I have one thing in this story that makes me think she's the human. And it's the gravestone that just says my sister or just a sister. Mm-hmm. Like my sister. The, yeah. hu- the human Osgood has a family. <laughs> like they would probably <laughs> like to know where she's buried and maybe have her name on the tombstone. <laughs> Instead, said there's just That's a fair. thing in the middle of nowhere that says sister. But Osgood, like, is still alive, technically, in the human world because she's still there. Right. So the Zygon died. So, so you think if it's Zygon Osgood that she's going to, like, Christmas dinner at human Osgood's parents' house just to keep up the charade? Well, she also works for Unit, so I feel like all of that has been stripped away from her life anyway. Why can't they both be both? They can be yeah, both. They are, they are both. The Brigadier they managed have... to have a daughter. Yeah, because Brigadier fucks. <laughs> you tell me, Osgood, don't fuck. Um, you know who else? You have to put an there ED is on that? No way, Osgood. not here anymore. <laughs> there is no way Osgood does not fuck. <laughs> oh, she fucks. Also, the doctor. Like, how many sexual references do we need in one story? We got yeah, lots. What the heck? Okay, I could have done without the Zygon, uh, whatever that thing was. The controller? Too oh, much. That was hot. Oh, way too much. So the doctor getting into it was one thing, but then Clara at the end getting well, into that it. That wasn't Clara, Clara. That was, Clara uh, was a yeah, Zygon. It yeah. showed a that Zygon hand grabbing it. But I mean, it's, uh, it's organic. Like, you got to get in there. Yeah, you got to, you got to stroke it off a bit. Also, make, make I had the juices flow. Seeing Clara with a rocket launcher. Oh my god. Dude, so, seeing Clara as evil Clara is fucking titillating. Yeah. Yeah. Alex um, paused the episode at some point and goes, I'm just gonna say it. Uh, bad Clara is more banging. She's more yeah. banging. I Does totally want to see her darker as a villain lipstick more often. I think the only difference is she put her hair up. And she has darker darker lipstick, pretty sure. I don't know. Her whole like Again, spoilers, but Jenna just, Coleman, like yeah. playing those two characters, just nailed just it. Just the demeanor. Ah, like, it was oh. a totally different person, and she was amazing. But it wasn't until the reveal. 
true. Yeah. And then it was just like, oh. She when did you it. guys figure out that it was not her? When they Same said it time. wasn't her. When they said it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty early on. Because who knows how Zygons it. work? Like, yeah, sure, they're growing people, I guess. I don't know. Well, my thing was, I didn't figure it out, but I was like, why was that so awkward? Because when they were leaving wherever and she's like i need to go back to my apartment i was like that's the weirdest line i've ever heard in this episode in the show are you talking when she was quote kidnapped or whatever that was like it was the, the og <laughs> evil clara it's like when she started and i was like oh. why is that all so yeah, awkward? when she's with the unit lady who yes. we've seen before she was in the series premiere jacks jack jack Joke? i think some of that yeah. Oh, Anyways, but yeah, she's she just turns to her after because they like make a plan. Like you two go do this. Uh, Kate Stewart's like I'm gonna go to New Mexico. You know they're all like you do this, you do this, I'll do this. Ready, break. And then Clara's like, oh hey, I gotta go home and get some stuff. And it's not weird. She says it like a totally normal person. I have no mm -hmm. idea what Sam's talking about. It was weird because I was like, why, why? That feels very forced. To me, it was they're weird. going on know. an adventure. She needs her adventuring gear. She's wearing a power suit. It's not or like <laughs> a painting outfit. I don't know what she's wearing. <laughs> Let's talk about the first episode. So like the writing and the directing, the editing is all to make that first episode like feel like the beginning of a spy drama, like everything that's happening. You're first of all, you're all over the world. You have no real idea what's going on. We have like the zipping back and forth between the doctor and unit and all this stuff. It just feels really like tense right up until you find out that Clara is the bad guy. And then we're off to the races, even though that's virtually the end of the episode. That was the part that was quote unquote boring multiple times. I mean, it was necessary. Well, you said it a lot in the second episode because yeah. there is a lot of lead up to the big scene at the end of the second episode. But but their character yeah. development throughout the first episode was fantastic. Right. And yeah. yeah, the build up of the story in the first episode, the second episode, you're right, Jill, is like a really long scene between Clara and Bonnie talking to each other, which is good, but like three minutes longer than it needs to be. And then the scene with all the soldiers surrounding that building and like that dude's mom coming out. The church. Like yeah. it's meant to like be escalating this tension, but it's we all know as an audience that it's not really his mom. Yeah. And can we talk about how dumb he is and how dumb every soldier behind him is by following him? Right. No kidding. Like they were told going into this, this is what they're going to do. <laughs> and they're like, right. got it, boss. <laughs> And well, I why did like, they make him the point person? Like, couldn't they have swapped out? Couldn't someone else have shot her? It, it, all the people that came from behind her were all the rest of their families. Like, they had everybody. Which uh, is what they did with uh, um, original planning on just bombing it from afar. Like, the woman on the button was looking at it and saw her husband and son. And that's why she aborted. So, they, yeah. Like, so then you couldn't figure out, like, were they actually kidnapping him and having the real people there? Or were they actually just already killed everyone, which they did, and then just impersonated them? So uh, basically what I'm saying is, uh, like, for those soldiers, it's very difficult to know 
if it is a trick or if they are actually being held captive. But yeah, through the questioning of his mom and her avoiding all of the answers should have been a big warning of just like, just shoot her and you'll find a new right. mom and fine. Shoot her in the leg. Right. Like my mom would get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what I like that scene and that woman's like a really good actor, but yeah. it is too long. And that's, that second episode just has like a couple scenes back to back that are a little too long. So I understand, especially if you're watching it um, right at like one episode after the other. And so you have like this frenetic pace of the first story or the first episode, and then it really hits the brakes on the second one. So I can, you know, if you have a week in between, maybe you don't feel that as much, but I can get what you're saying, Jill. What happened to like the pilot in the plane? Oh, he did. Rude. He didn't have a parachute. <laughs> Everyone except the doctor and uh, uh, Osgood. Osgood. Yes. How dare you? For some reason, the first half of the story, the doctor's like a lot goofier than normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know I if that's just Peter Harness, but like. It's Osgood. Um, it's just like feels like they're how he is with her. Such as. Dr. Disco. Yeah. Doctor. So that's even before. Yeah. Dr. Puntastic. <laughs> so, yeah, Dr. Disco is even before he meets up with uh, Osgood. And, you know, he's just like sitting in the TARDIS by himself playing Amazing Grace on the guitar. <laughs> and then he's just kind of like being a goofball. Yeah. When he says Dr. Frankenstein and he shows up, no, he's like, Funk, Frankenstein. Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. Uh, when <laughs> when he shows up to that and he's like talking to that lady and he's like I'm the doctor I'm gonna save every like he's just being a fucking goofball it's it just seems weird like I like it but it's definitely different than we see him ever again. I was really hoping he would keep going with the weird music theme of doctors, but then he just went back to Doctor Disco, so that was a little bit of a letdown. He could have been like Dr. Rockin' something. <laughs> There's a fun one later. This isn't really a spoiler, but um, in like before this season, him and Jenna Coleman went on like a world tour to promote it, like a whole bunch of cons. So like they went to Seoul, Korea. They went to, I want to say Rio in Brazil and then somewhere in Mexico. And when he was in Mexico, he learned that they call the show Dr. Mysterio, and it was his favorite thing in the world. So oh, that's awesome. They, there, it does get a reference in a later episode because he was so excited about it. <laughs> Is Truth or Consequences a real town? And also, did they have to say it 78 <laughs> times in the two episodes? I don't fucking know. Like, it was yes. so much. Like, we get it. It's not, uh, I don't know, clever. Yeah, I yeah. got over that real quick. Also, so, did that one Zygon lady like take over the whole town by herself? No, it was a oh, town full of Zygon. She tells a story about like thousands of people from the UK just showing up one day. Yeah, but she told the story. So she she could have been lying. We didn't see more than her. It's a, it rang true, especially the story of like a, a child Zygon accidentally revealing himself. Can we talk about Zygons a little bit, just so I know I have an understanding of them? Please. So they get a picture of somebody's memory from somebody's memory and become that body. 
But then there's the real human still alive, too. So is, are they always a duplicate? A duplicate. Well, they don't need the human body to be alive, according to this story. They used to, but as Osgood says, the rules changed. They, If they want to keep referring to memories that they haven't already learned, then they need to keep it alive. But then as far as changing into random people, like, yeah, they do say anyone in your mind I can change into. So like that Zygon that turns into that soldier's mom, is that Zygon able to do that just because that soldier's like close enough to it that it can read its mind? And then his mom is still hanging out somewhere untouched. Right. That's the part Mm. I don't quite wrap my head around. Yeah, that's why she doesn't have those memories that he's requesting. But she... But also, like, if she's reading his mind because she got the image, then why doesn't she know when his fucking birthday is? True. It makes no Hold sense. That. So my thought, because they have been doing this for a year, was my understanding. And this is now just all coming to light. And from the scene in the apartment where uh, the kid was looking for his parents and they were already taken and they went and took the kid, hasn't not just been that these or the zygons have been kidnapping people and then like cloning them and then killing them off or whatever or putting them in pods because they're everywhere underneath ground and then just impersonating them like that could be the zygon mom just there and like he could have had her for like six months as a mom instead or something like that i don't know my brain is thinking like all of the original copies are dead because they're all in the garbage bins. But <laughs> odds are is they've probably already been kidnapped and copied. Well, that's fine. So you're saying that dude's mom is dead? Yes. So they killed all of London? Yes. Well, well no, because there's people <laughs> in the pods that aren't dead. Right. right. But I mean, like, the ones that were in the garbage bins sparking everywhere. Oh, that was in dead. Truth and Consequences. Yeah, everyone there died. That's in... New Mexico or Mexico? New Mexico. New Mexico. Mexico. So when they came and they're like, okay, you're allowed to live here. 20 million of you. And there was like a hatchery and they were all born. And then they had to become humans. Did they kill 20 million humans to take over that location? No, they don't have to kill them. It's said specifically. Yeah, but what do they do with them? They just imitate them and then they leave. Essentially, everyone gets a twin then. Yeah. So do they just get a twin and then live on the opposite side of the world? Yeah. So they like because they were hatched in the UK, they all took the image of citizens of the UK and then left. With some exceptions. I mean, we see people that or we see Zygons there. Aren't a lot in UK still? Yeah, I don't know, man. (laughs) I really kind of like that. Let's stop getting bogged down in details about stuff that doesn't make sense. And let's instead uh, talk about the story. One more. Don't care. I w- Don't care. I was <laughs> I was confused as to why they were going to war because they were living seemingly happy. Was the whole reason they just didn't want to be in human form? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. There's like okay. we can't splintering off of them that don't want to live as humans anymore. They, they want to be done. free as themselves. Okay. Yeah. It's a small terrorist cell that is causing a bunch of trouble. And then they know that when they're bombed by the military, that that's just going to be a recruitment tool and they'll get the rest of the Zygons on their side. Gotcha. But like, why can't we just all live in harmony, man? 
right all together we, we can't get people to wear masks <laughs> you think we can <laughs> like they, they they can't get everyone to keep their human forms every every story of doctor who is about how shitty humans are so for real <laughs> yeah because we are again it's an allegory for the muslim experience i really liked clara's song it had like a remix in it and it was really nice and i liked it was it when she was evil clara nope it was at the beginning of episode one somewhere oh i think when the doctor was trying to call her and she like the first viewing of clara i think i don't know Hmm. anyways it was fun go listen to it again it's great are we still on just episode one I think we never we never were. We just talked about how the Zygons <laughs> work for 40 fucking minutes. <laughs> I have a I have a note that says that guy's a bitch for not killing his mom. <laughs> wow. Jesus. Preach. Which with that scene, I almost just wanted to ask everyone. It's like, if you were that soldier, would you have shot your mom? Yes. Yes. Also, I'll go do it they, right now. They have they have <laughs> like non they have nonviolent. Or not non-violent, but non-lethal Lethal. rounds. Like they could shoot him with rubber pellets, and it's the same <laughs> effect. He could also Don't just walk up and punch her in it's the basically head. Basically, the same thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. So the doctor keeps calling Bonnie Zygella, uh, which is, I guess, like a female version of Zygon. Feels <laughs> racist. That he like refuses like to call. <laughs> I don't. He like refuses to call her by her name and keeps calling her by like her race. She's evil. She doesn't deserve a name. I was thinking the doctor was just being funny, like how he was with the uh, girl who died episode in that he just gave people names because he didn't want to bother with their actual names or remembering other names that they called themselves. And he's done it in other episodes, too. And that's what I thought he was just doing here. It's like, this is your nickname. I'm going to know you by this. Blah. I think it's just a term for female Zygon. The whole let's talk about Kate Stewart in Mexico with that lady. It's very clearly trying to make you think that Kate Stewart is the Zygon the whole time when actually it's the other lady. The whole time she's in New Mexico? Yeah, because they're purposely having her like say weird shit and be really shifty and like not answer questions. So I didn't think she seemed like a Zygon, I guess. Yeah, I didn't get that either. I, I I thought it was more of the like the deputy lady. Oh, I, I'm not saying and, sorry. I'm not saying that uh, it did seem that way. I'm saying that the writer intended for it to seem that way. Oh, I, I didn't get that. I just thought that they were both humans and it yeah, was all going to be fine. <laughs> Until the until she attacked the, the, her, the like, like oh, super shit. creepy way the two of them were talking to each other. You're like, oh, this everything here is normal. Well, they're like in a war. Of course, they're going to be defensive. So I don't know. Yeah, it was weird, but like for a reason. So there was no reason to really think of her as a Zygon before going to New Mexico because we've always seen her as human. The whole time so there was really no reason to suspect her as being other than what she was i mean the only one that would have been suspect would have been the sheriff that was down there uh so that's i think how a little bit of that writing was a little weird and like we were only seeing it as her being defensive and not wanting to give out information about anything rather than i'm a zygon don't think i'm gonna get you or anything oh just always seeing her as a human doesn't mean anything because that's how we saw clara found out she wasn't human 
So, do you guys know who Nigella Lawson is? Negative. She is Igon. Uh, she's a British. Well, she's not a chef. She's like a food writer who is like a host on The Bite, which was a show here in the states for like two seasons. I really liked it. It had Anthony Bourdain, but uh, she's like a she sells cookbooks and stuff, but she's not really a chef. But she's a British celebrity, and so apparently he was calling her Zygella as a pun on Nigella, referring to Nigella Lawson, according to the Wikipedia page, which cannot be right. That is so deep. (laughs) Right? Nothing about Clark or Bonnie in that episode has anything to do with Nigella Lawson. Man, my brain is too smooth to even follow that. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Okay. The Bonnie Clara stuff was cool. You know, the feeling, the heartbeat for lying. Uh, the five rounds. Question on that. Sure. Why didn't she just exercise to make her heart rate go up so then she couldn't tell? I don't know if that would work since she wasn't real. Like she wasn't, she was in a mind palace. She wasn't like really, if she just started jumping up and down, like her body wouldn't actually be doing that. No, I mean. You don't know. Well, yeah, I don't know. nobody knows because I... they didn't say it. I'm just making shit up so we can move on. Like if you if you have a bad dream and then you wake up, your heart rate's elevated. Yeah, but that's because of your inner emotion and like your anxiety. It doesn't have anything to do with like physical activity. So like that's why her heart rate would change from lying because your like biochemistry has an effect but you can't dream about exercising and just have an elevated heart rate then? Clara doesn't exercise. Uh, never dreamed about uh, exercise, buddy. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> then if you just sat on the couch and like thought of going for a run, would that also work then? No, oh, because you don't get the protein breakdowns you need in your muscles. I think we've got the workings of a great, easy exercise book that we can sell. <laughs> we'll be millionaires. <laughs> okay. I do want to mention that when Kate shows up and she's like, oh, I killed that Zygon lady. And she says five rounds rapid. It's super lame. It's a reference to a Brigadier line from, do you remember which one, Alex? You've seen it. I was going to say that line sounded super familiar. It was, um, wasn't it the one where they're in the mansion? Nope. It's the demons. Uh, So it's like a really famous line among Doctor Who fans from the Brigadier and it's shoehorned in here for no fucking reason, and it's super lame, and I hate it. Oh, I thought it was just legit her telling you that's how much it takes to kill a Zygon. <laughs> but, like, human beings don't talk that way. I mean, every time Cody shoots people, he doesn't go five rounds Ooh. rapid. Oh, know. he for sure does. <laughs> every time. Talk that way. Yep. I'm only saying that because Cody's listening to this Discord call, <laughs> but he can't, he can't talk. Okay, uh... And then what everyone wants to talk about. One, one round <laughs> slow. Yeah. Oh, um, no. Yeah, when the Brigadier says it, he's like giving an order to somebody. So he's like, that chap over there, five rounds rapid. He's telling a guy like, hey, send some bullets over at that dude to like chill him out. Okay, so what everyone wants to hear y'all talk about, the doctor's big speech, go. The one about the war. It's so good. I have it written down. All I have is the doctor's speech. 
the reason I initially thought we should watch these two episodes separately is because I thought the entire conversation would just end up being about this speech. But instead, we talked about how Zygons work for 45 minutes. So go. Jake, it's like you've never been Jake, part of this podcast. Do you know us? At all. <laughs> well, when we go a week apart, like I, I turn you into better people in my head. And then when we get together, I'm just disappointed all over See, again. That's on you. That's on you. That's not on us. Isolation is working out well for us all. Actually, it's quarantine, I guess. Doctor Speech, go. Uh, fully erect. Super awesome. I really loved the um, comparing of Bonnie to a tantruming child. Mm-hmm. And just how, like, you don't know what you want. It's like, I want war. It's like, but have you thought it through? Do you know exactly what's going to happen once you get that? And it's just the whole talking her down and making her realize how irrational she's being. Um, just that whole struggle was really fun to watch. That coupled with the forgiveness lines, like, I forgive you, and then how Capaldi or delivered that line was so good. And then it goes into him talking about his war and what he had to do. Yeah. And then Clara seeing that going like, Oh my God, like you like that struggle. Like she doesn't get to see that type of depth or anger from him that often. And just her realizing that was very interesting to see. Yeah. The whole, I think that's my favorite part is the, there was another war. I was going to press another button and then, you know, people don't love the fact that Clara is so important, but he did decide not to do it because Clara cried at him. Yeah. The whole speech just makes me sad for the doctor, I guess. Like he's he's obviously lived and learned and can prevent other species from having this war that he had. But it makes me sad for him that he doesn't get to experience those things with his family. Yeah, and even mm-hmm. though he probably saved Gallifrey because we saw them like give him more regenerations, he still holds all the feelings of having done it in a past life, even though it was corrected. And, uh, you know, all that emotion is still there. So I found it like going watching all of that whole thing was quite the ordeal and I really appreciate it. But then when he said, are like, we're just going to remember this. Like, you weren't, didn't the last 15 times, realizing you've done that speech 15 times. Like, that's got to be draining to go through that. I've seen that speech in a lot of um, compilations, and it's a very good one. But I, I find in the compilations, they cut off like a little bit in the beginning and a little bit at the end. Like, seeing this whole thing in line of the episode just gives it so much weight and man it it hits me it hits me hard i love too that the bonnie realizes that there's nothing in the boxes like this Mm -hmm. whole time you think there is it's like oh my god either one of like they could just kill everyone and everything all together and then it's like wait there's absolutely nothing here like there's no threat it's just a giant talk down type of thing Mm mm-hmm when the doctor goes on talking about how it's a game and then Kate gets mad at him and he goes, because it's not a game. Like that was like, stop yeah. in your tracks. Yeah. Sentence. I was like, oh, not yeah. to ruin the moment, but can we talk about his super thick Scottish accent coming through through this whole speech? 
I guarantee like the first 20 times I saw him do that speech, I thought he said, um, when he's talking about what do you do with all that pain, you hold it tight to your hand. But he says heart, but it is Scottish the fuck out of. <laughs> it's so thick. He was definitely in that moment. Like, oh, it was so, it was delivered impeccably. You want to do tweets? Chris at This Emo Trash says, This is one of my favorite stories of all time, so I have a lot to say, just a warning. So regarding Invasion, which is the first episode, I really love this episode, broadcast when ISIS was at its peak. It really brings to reality radicalization and what religious-slash-cultural extremism can turn people into and the division it brings. The beginning, showing the bits from the Day of the Doctor, is so unexpected, but also serves as the preface for the whole story. It's also good to see Osgood come back, especially since she literally got murdered in her last appearance. When Clara goes to find Sandy's parents and then calmly walks out of the flat after he's carried away screaming, raises questions, but then the story carries on and you forget. Until the payoff at the end, which is amazing, that the whole time Clara was a Zygon and nobody realized. It's interesting how all of this is basically just set up for the next episode and yet is already such a good episode. Uh, my favorite line in this definitely has to be when the Doctor and Osgood are on the plane talking about his question mark underpants and Osgood says makes you wonder what the question is because clearly the question is does the doctor have two dicks <laughs> right that oh is there's the two osgoods perfect <laughs> gross oh no uh the references to terror of the zygons and harry sullivan are pretty great too you guys don't know what those mean so i'll move on but the cliffhanger <laughs> at the end could have been better but since that's my only criticism i'd say it's okay on to Inversion, probably the single greatest episode of Doctor Who of all time. Wow. It isn't my favorite episode, although we'll get to that fairly soon. I think I know what he means. But Wait, my what? God, what? The single greatest episode, but not his favorite episode? Yeah. What's your problem? That's impressive. <laughs> I, I like stuff that I know is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but my God, is it some of the best Hulu's ever been. The entire scene in the Black Archive is just the best. Capaldi absolutely nails every single moment, and you get the full range of emotion from him. The scale model of war speech is heart-wrenching when he talks about hearing the screams of the lives he's taken and how he's going to use the moment to kill all the Time Lords. And the brilliant moment of asking, what do the Zygons actually want after the war is over? How's life going to continue? This is a question that needs to be answered in every situation like this in the real world. Oh, like this in the real world. That was all one sentence. And having it serve as one of the main turning points in Bonnie's mindset is just great. And the acting from Capaldi, Coleman, and Gemma Redgrave is just superb. That whole scene is what this entire story was leading up to, and I cannot fault it in any way. I'm willing to fight anyone who dares disagree. So we'll... Set that up with Cody, I'm sure, for next week. The rest of the episode is just brilliant. Clara figuring out how to play Bonnie the way she wants with the lie detecting and texting, hiding what the Osgood box really is. Osgood basically becomes the companion for the episode, giving the audience what we really want right there. And I wish we could get more in the future. Love the references to Classic Who, the Doctor calling Harry Sullivan an imbecile, just like Four did, and Kate repeating one of the Briggs' most famous lines, Five Rounds Rapid, which sucked, from the Demons. <laughs> this is a pinnacle of the series for me, and nothing will ever reach it, so unfortunately the rest of Season 9 is slightly downhill, but still very enjoyable. Although this episode is definitely the best, in my opinion. I agree. A very good episode. I, yeah. That, oh god, that ending scene, I can't get over it. Yeah, it's great. 
before we go on to the next one, Sam, did you, how are you liking our new sister podcast, Neither the Time Nor the Space? I am on episode four and I'm really getting more and more into it with each episode. Um, I love the way that they title their episodes. The one that I'm on is called, it's about the Slovene and it's called Governments and Gases. I think it's what they named it, (laughs) which is great. Yeah. And I think it changed, like as they go on, I think that Matt, who's the more skeptical or flat out hates Doctor Who, he ends up just taking notes for every episode because David eventually has a baby. And uh, so he kind of runs the podcast with David just hopping in saying, oh, I love that part. And then Matt telling him, well, you shouldn't because it sucks. (laughs) That's it's great. I love the dynamic and I love the podcast. Yeah, I love the dynamic of the two of them because they like opposite episodes, which makes it more interesting, which I think is kind of fun. We don't always have that happen, but I think yeah. all four, they either hated or loved it. They're the opposite. <laughs> and uh, once they once we discovered each other, Matt immediately went to Blink, which is his favorite episode, and listened to our episode on Blink, <laughs> which is before we kind of really figured out our dynamic. But he said his favorite person on the podcast is Jill because she hates everything too. Yes. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, they, it was funny because in the episode where they talk about us, um, David was like, yeah, I listened to a couple of them when they first started and I can understand why he did not continue because they're fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're, it takes a while to figure out the audio. Well, yeah, but also we were like doing skits and stuff. Um, those skits are golden. <laughs> oh man, we should do skits again. <laughs> we should not. All right, again, our new best friends, neither the time nor the space. Go listen to that. Uh, uh, Ode underscore Ollie at Ode underscore Ollie says, "Okay, here we go. Apologies in advance. I think this is even longer than Chris's was. So, <laughs> strap in." Buckle in. Uh, This is possibly my favorite two-parter. Probably would be if it wasn't for one that's still coming. Trying to think what it even fucking means. It's got to be season 12. And one of my absolute favorite 12 stories, along with another that you're very close to. I know what he means by that. Uh, (laughs) Let's see. The relationship between 12 and Kate is wonderful and so reminiscent of Three and the Brigadier, with ever so slightly less sarcasm. And I really want more of it. The relationship between 12 and Osgood is one of my favorite Doctor Who relationships. There's genuine respect, and I would have loved to see her travel with him. I'm very curious whether any of the married remembered that there were two of them when Missy killed the first. I don't think it's explicitly stated that the one from the 50th anniversary would have remained in that body, because we don't really find out what the conclusion of that treaty is. So I don't think you guys would be expected to know that there were two Osgoods. I remember Alex being knew. extremely well. He's seen it. Before. <laughs> Alex seen it. I remember being extremely surprised when she came into the screen. I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, yeah I don't think I thought of it when the first time I saw this. Uh, the idea of two Osgoods is genius. Uh, gives a reason to bring back the character without taking away from the impact of her death. And I really like the twist it leads to. I know that some people don't like the new Zygon powers, but I think they work great as an update to show a mythology that always updates. 
Uh, the scenes with the soldiers and their families show so much paranoia, and I love how creepy it manages to be. I always love references to old who, and I really enjoy the amount of times Harry Sullivan, the imbecile, is mentioned. Jenna's acting in this is incredible. Clara and Bonnie seem like two distinct characters, even in their physicalities, and that's rarely done this well. Preach. Yeah, I did want to say when we were talking about it, like when she is first discovered by the uh, unit lady, and she just kind of turns and looks at her, it's like immediately... Mm-hmm. Like, just that is, like, some of the best acting we've seen her do. So good. Uh, who rarely does body horror on this level, but when it does, it's done really effectively and horrifically, especially the scene with the half-transformed Zygon and his suicide is both heartbreaking and terrifying, yes. showing what Bonnie drove her own kind to. So yeah, that is sad. super gross. And sad, yeah, sad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, for me, the Doctor's speeches define their character. Tens having a savior edge to them, for example. And this does exactly that, with Capaldi showing the Doctor's pain so well, hiding it under jokes and pretense, but letting it bleed through in his anger. The switch from gentle to furious is so quick, shocking, and effective, especially in his physical acting. His face, when he's the kind, grandfatherly 12, looks completely different when he's pained and angry. And the speech, and what it reveals about the episode, seems to me to mirror Seven's tendency for manipulation, but in such a kinder way, setting up a situation where the Doctor can use just words and his experiences to defuse a war. As I've got a feeling you'll have to put a moratorium on choosing the speech as a favorite line, I'll have to go for Kate's reference to the brig, as I always love those five rounds rapid. Fuck you, Ollie. Uh, <laughs> You're the only one, Jake. <laughs> Apparently. As for an MVP, Jenna's absolutely mind-blowing in her depictions of both characters and give them both so much depth and humanity when Bonnie could have been so one note. But for me, Capaldi is so magnificent, it couldn't be anyone else. I've been so excited for you all to get to this one and a few yet to come, so I cannot wait to hear what you think. Really, really hope you love it. You're all magnificent, and your show is something that I keep looking forward to. Never not going to be my favorites. Oh, man. Ollie, I love you. Ollie said something in there that makes me nervous for an opinion he may have at the end of the season that I'm going to fight him on. Oh, no. But we'll see when we get there. (laughs) Spoilers. So Uh, I I think with what he was saying with MVPs, we should be able to pick two MVPs because it was two episodes. No. What? No. You you mean you're gonna have me choose between Jenna Coleman or the Doctor? Yeah, pick one in a story oh, that's guys. expertly written and expertly directed. Ah, there's so many. Anyways, I want to say I like that they are able to change the mythology of characters and how they can evolve and change their stories a little bit. But maybe that's because I'm not a classic Who fan. But that does not bother me at all. And I. Zycons were in like two classic stories. Huh? Oh. Well, we've talked about this before. People get mad when they change things about the Daleks or about the Cybermen because they're so old. Yeah, those people are dumb. And we're all in the same. Like the Cybermen literally have like four different origin stories that are all canon. So, like, who fucking cares? I I also (laughs) like when, uh, like, a like a an alien race or something that we've seen before is a little different because it does show like evolution, which happens. And even in like the classic who Dalek stories that Jake and I have been watching, there have been like a new technology or a new development implemented into the episode that is different from what we've previously seen in like every episode. And so they're always evolving. They're always trying to become stronger. Hey, he made it. Got that boy. Cody, what'd you think about this one? 
This episode was fucking great. I think it was better than Family of Blood. You're welcome. Oh what? shit! Okay. Did New you just favorite. say that? That's it's hard to say, but Evil Clara defeats brother of mine slightly. All right. Just, just brother of mine, not sister of mine, mother of mine, father of mine. Hmm. Don't push this, okay? It was hard enough to say. All right, Cody, what was your favorite scene? My favorite scene is obviously the doctor's final speech in the second episode. Yeah. I think this episode should have been done in two podcasts. Story, that's right. Yeah, the first one would have been boring. Maybe, maybe not. There was, but the cliffhanger though, like cliffhanger oh, was Clara Clara, being yeah. evil, like that's that's good that shit. Was we could have talked about that forever. Fucking exactly right, good. the most insane cliffhanger to date. All right, you're all cut up. Alex, give me that fun facts theme song. Fun, fun, fun facts, fun. Wait, facts? Is that what you said? <laughs> good song. What else is it? Fun, something. Fun facts theme song. Oh my god! All right, continue. As you were. <laughs> Great song. Loved it. Aiden Cook was a Zygon. This is his last of seven Doctor Who episodes he's been in. He's also been creatures in Rogue One and Hellboy. Tom Wilton was also a Zygon. This is his first Doctor Who. And he is also, uh, he'll also be in the story next week uh, as a monster. He was Colonel Aftab Akbar in Rise of Skywalker. He's been credited as a special effects creature and puppeteer in The Force Awakens, Rogue One, The Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker, Solo, both Fantastic Beast movies and Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. That dude pulled. <laughs> He's been in every 2010s Star Wars movie. Yeah. Oh my God. He knows some people. Alex, give me that favorite lines theme song. Favorite lines. Favorite lines. We're going to tell you our favorite lines. Okay. So fight the temptation to say the whole of the doctor's speech and give me some favorite lines. Why doesn't that count? I got you. I got you right here. Five rounds, rapid. <laughs> okay, you. I first. Doctor, do you want to be alone? I snogged a Zygon once. No. That was great. What? That's not no. it. It's are you enjoying that? That's verbatim. I snogged That's a Zygon. She's uh, the last old 15 habits. times. Still got the old magic. Uh, I also have uh, protect the world from the monsters and the Zygons. So he meant the humans were monsters. Oof. You oh, cheeky great. doctor. Yeah. Are, are you sure? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so happy to have cracked that code. Dude, I cracked <laughs> it so hard. Insert the Leonardo DiCaprio picture where he's just pointing. <laughs> DiCaprio? <laughs> what? You, you legit De said DiCaprio. DiCaprio. <laughs> Is that from Great Gatsby? That gif? Yes. Wait. Is it Gatsby? I haven't yeah. seen it. I'm it's just Wolf of Wall Street, right? Oh, is a Wolf of Wall Street? That makes more sense. Uh, okay, I got he's, a favorite He's rich line. in both of them. What does that mean? A political awakening? Why would she be sending me propaganda when she just blew me up with a big bazooka? <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, what do you mean you don't have a... Er, shit. Verbatim. Verbatim. What do you mean you don't have a plan? That's why they call them planets. <gasps> yes! I forgot about that no, one. I love no, that. I hate it. No, stop it. The doctor hates puns. What happened here? He's Dr. Pun. The whole episode. No, just pun doctor. It's Dr. Puntastic. It's ridiculous. That was great. Okay, I have a few. I'm president of the world. I'm here to rescue people and generally establish happiness all over the place. 
Uh, when the doctor was thinking Clara was dead, he said, longest month of my life. She says, couldn't have been more than five minutes. And he says, I'll be the judge of time. And that just. Ooh, yeah. That's really, like that. That's really good line. Yeah. When they get to London and the doctor goes, London, what a dump. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I had that one. <laughs> and then I have my last one is. Do you know what thinking is? Just a fancy word for changing your mind. I That's hate that line so much. <laughs> it's it's the most muffy you know fucking is? line. <laughs> God, I, I hate it. <laughs> Jake, do you like anything? You're just filled with hate. I like everything except the five of you and those <laughs> Most of the world. The five rounds and the rapid. one line that everyone else likes. <laughs> right. You're middle-aged, that's what it is. No offense. Everybody middle-aged always thinks the world's about to come to an end. I almost wrote that down because it's fucking true. For real. Jill and I had a conversation after that line. We're like, man, I must be middle-aged. <laughs> it's a pandemic. I don't think okay, that really counts. <laughs> I have one more. Humans cannot accept the way we really are. If we cannot hide, we must fight. I have. I thought you didn't like being president of the world. No, but I like pouncing about in a big plane. When he gets on the plane after that, that <laughs> scene and he's just like, giddy. <laughs> and great. then uh, when he's FaceTiming with Bonnie right after one of your lines, um, Jill, was it you that said that? The She wouldn't send me a propaganda after bombing me? Yes. Uh, after that, she, when she's winking at him, but it's Clara doing it, and he's like, you're sending mixed signals. I'm 2,000 years old. I'm old enough to be your messiah. Yeah, <laughs> that one is great, too. Oh, the doctor's so funny. I've got, um, have you fallen on your backside again, or is this really a distress signal? <laughs> oh, nice. I thought uh, he said, are you calling with your backside again? Oh, sorry. Oh, that's what Again, it was. his accent. Either way, it's again, so funny. Him. Yeah, it, it's potato, potato. <laughs> I've also got um, when Osgood is putting on the glasses and he says, don't look at my browser history. She's like, oh. <laughs> and then he's just walk, he's way. walking towards the camera away from her and just goes, I told you don't. <laughs> okay, I have to interrupt. One of the least favorite things about the Sonic glasses, I was calling them until now, sunglasses, is that it didn't have the alliteration. So I'm so glad it finally does. The Sonic Specs. Sonic Sunnies. Boo! The speech. Other than the doctor speech. Do you have a particular part, Jill? All of it. What? It's been so long <laughs> since the one that I said I liked, and now I don't remember it. I'm going with, if I can't do the whole speech, I'm doing, that's why they call them planets. That is great. No, no that cracks me. It. That cracks me so Please. good. Please, no. I'm going with Petronella and the judgment look from the doctor. Uh, I'll be the judge of time. That's the one. I'll be the judge of time. Two votes. Well, I'm going to be, I'm going to take a bit from the speech and say the part where I'm going with the part where he's talking to Bonnie and he says, I don't understand. Of course I understand. You call this funny little thing or silly little thing a war and then he explodes. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Wait, can we talk more about this episode? Uh, sure, no, we're only 75 minutes in. Go ahead. 
the whole part with the one i didn't see the boxes coming there being two because i'm an idiot and um the second part is so the zygon just gets to remember everything and becomes osgood like we didn't even talk about that You're talking I, the uh, Bonnie yeah. Zygon? Yeah. I don't feel good about that. Is that a <laughs> so? Is that is that mean that that Osgood was actually the human Osgood? Because can Zygons replicate other Zygons replicating people? Let Zygons be Zygons. Oh my God! End it. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> <hear> that <laughs> paper <laughs> Loud. Alex, give me that MVP theme song. MVP. We got an MVP. It's going to be Peter Capaldi. (laughs) (laughs) Terry, who's your MVP? Janet Coleman. Jill? Janet Coleman. Cody? Who's the guy that plays the Zygon who doesn't want to transform? (laughs) Uh, Peter Capaldi. (laughs) <laughs> that guy was absolutely amazing he really was I like that but you know uh, honorable mention gone? to Peter Capaldi bye Jake he's just looking I'm up I'm looking him way. up his name the character is Etwan e- and the actor is called Nicholas Asbury Nicholas Asbury deserves a better part well, he's dead. What? No, the character. Like, I, I don't know anything oh. about it. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. Yeah, give him a better part. Like in that one scene, that matched just how visceral and real and well acted the whole doctor's last scene was. And for that, as just a bit part, that dude gets my MVP. Alex? Peter Capaldi. Sam? Uh, Jenna Coleman for the dual parts. Uh, we're going to get burned to the ground for <laughs> Peter Gabaldi not getting the majority of the See, MVPs that's the thing. Here. It's two episodes. If we would have done it separate, we would have had two MVPs. Well, let's just change the rules 140 episodes into the fucking podcast. <laughs> I'll change your mom 140 episodes into I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I'm going with Peter Harness, the writer. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah, uh, there's <laughs> There's a I talk about it all the time, a podcast called um, Strangers in Space. And just last week, they did an interview with Peter Harness that was super cool because the host kind of has like a rapport with him because they've done a couple interviews together. And so he's just like, hey, how come Zygon Invasion, Zygon Inversion was so good and that other two-parter you did fucking sucked? (laughs) And we haven't gotten there yet, (laughs) but we will. And he's just like, uh... (laughs) He's like, was it, uh, he's like, clearly you're a great writer. So was it Stephen Moffat's fault? <laughs> and the guy's trying to be like, well, but yeah, Peter Harness, fucking great. Go listen to Strangers of Space podcast where they interview him. That was MVP, right? We all, we all went. Yeah. It yeah. is now time for the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit slash Doug Benson movie game game. I'm going to ask all five of these buttholes a question from the Doctor Who Trivial Pursuit game. Everyone's going to get a chance to go first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. The first person's going to get a question. It could be really easy, could be really hard. Second, If they get it wrong, second person gets the same question with four multiple choice. If they get it wrong, next person gets to go, and so on. Give me one minute to make the random order. 
Okay, Al- the order is going to be Alex, Cody, Jill, Sam, Terry. Alex, you are first. Okay. In what century was the Weeping Angels story, the Time of Angels, and the Flesh and Stone? Or Flesh and Stone. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go 19th. Well, you said century, right? 19th century. Cody, your multiple choice are... 51st century, 52nd century, 48th century, 50th century. 50th century? Jill. Repeat the multiple choice, please. 51st century, 52nd century, 48th century, 50th century. 51st. That's correct. Oh, good, because I had no idea. Come on, guys. I thought it was the older, not the... Yeah, I would have said 19 too. I would have said 51st. Yeah, I thought it was the old one too. It was the two-parter. I said two title names. Right. There was there there has never been a 19th century angel story. What was the one like Angels in Manhattan? What's that what's that century? The 20th century. No, I thought it was like older though. It took place in the 50s, which is the 20th century. I don't know how centuries work. Clearly. Okay, Cody, it is your turn to go first. Bring it up. What species does the 11th Doctor describe as psychotic, potato-faced dwarves? Oh, God. Oh. You got it, Cody. I know, I'm trying to remember the name of the species. Same. Centaurian? No, wait. Centaurian. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. Centaurin, right? Yeah. Centaurin. For the Centaurin yeah. Empire. We'll, we'll give it to you. Oh, my go, God, I am so they go, grateful. Centaurin, ha. Ha. Well, I'd be so sad if I got that wrong. They say Centaur, ha, prob- but whatever. I probably couldn't have thought of it <laughs> off the tippy top of my head. Jill, your turn to go first and to take the lead. Jill, what is the name of the secret communication network that Harriet Jones uses to contact the Tenth Doctor when Davros moves the Earth? Uh, I don't even have a guess. Pass. <laughs> it's not pass. Sam? Give me that multiple choice. <laughs> Your multiple choice are the subparticle network, the subwave network, the delta wave network, the archway network. Archwave. Terry? Subparticle? Alex? Give me the multiple choice. <laughs> subparticle network, subwave network, delta wave network, archway network. Delta wave. Cody? Oh, no. So it's between subwave or archwave? Give him the multiple choice. Subparticle network, subwave network, delta wave network, archway network. Three of these have already been chosen. Delta wave network. <laughs> no, Cody. Oh, no. Does it come back to me? <laughs> sure. Yep. Going to Jill. No, we didn't do that last time. I'm going with the subwave network. <laughs> it is the subwave network. That's not how we played last time. Oh, no. You're right, but we changed it. Jill has two points. So I thought Sam was right because I the Archwave, yep. was that was that the Masters network? Uh, it was called, some, it was Arch something, it wasn't Archway. How many uh, networks are in Doctor Who? Well, they're the same network. So it was called, 
the arch something when the master used it but then after he was killed they used his satellites to create the subwave network it was the same network they just used it for good and that was in conjunction with torchwood right like torchwood kind of took it over and then gave it to her no yeah (laughs) no (laughs) at the at the end because at this point uh (laughs) At this point, uh, Jack is running Torchwood, and when she dies, she goes, Jack, I'm handing over control of the subwave network to you. So she gave it to Torchwood after, not the other way around. Was I thinking of Harriet Jones? What did she have? It was Harriet Jones. (laughs) You don't get to drink on on the podcast anymore. (laughs) No, I'm not going to wait and hold on. We're going to move on. (laughs) Sam, it's your turn. Captain Jack Harkness assumed the identity of a 1940s Air Force volunteer. What century was Jack originally from? So none of the first sentence has anything to do with the question. It's just what century was Jack from? The 19th? We literally talked about it two podcasts ago. I literally don't remember. No hints. Well, she already guessed. She's already wrong. Yeah, but there's other people. Terry, it is your turn. Is it... The 51st century, the 52nd century, the 48th century, the 50th century. So just the same ones as the first question. Literally. I will also try the 51st century then. That's correct. Everything Moffat writes is in the 51st century. We've mentioned it many, many times. Okay, Jill has two. Cody has one. Terry has one. Terry, you are first. This is your chance to tie Jill. In Planet of the Dead, what number is the bus that gets transported to San Helios by the Stingray wormhole? Oh, shit. We did mention it on that podcast. Terry was not on that podcast. I was not. I'm trying to remember that episode. I'm going to (laughs) go with 213. That's not correct. Alex, your multiple choice are... 200, 300, 400, 500. 300. Cody. 400. Jill. 200. That's correct. Bullshit. It was called called Bus 200 because it was the 200th story of Doctor Who. Uh, I was going to say 200 and I was like, nah, there's no. So I said three, and then when Jill said two, I was like, I said two. Jill is the runaway winner with three points. Alex, oh, new record. Alex, give me that paper crumpled theme song. <laughs> this has been Married to Who's episode on the Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion. Uh, if you'd like to participate in our social medias, you can follow us on Twitter at Married to Who Pod, on Instagram, Married to Who, or you can email us, Married to at gmail.com. If you want to listen to the podcast in some other way, you can do so on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or on our website, MarriedToWho.com. On behalf of myself, Jake, Uncle Terry, Cody, Sam, Jill, and Alex, thank you for listening. Please join us next time for Sleep No More. Do 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 do